welcome in on a Monday, Monday edition, NFL edition, green and gold edition of the Bill Michaels Show. What a uh, what a comeback win yesterday. Um, I went back and watched it today, and there was a lot of crappy football in that game. <laughs> I mean, just there was. Uh, we'll get into all of this uh, coming up and. Yesterday, I thought the uh, the Joe Barry ire was out in bias, and I say that with a specific reason, um, because people just wanted to fire him all game, and I'm thinking this this guy's defense gave up ten points. They gave up some yardage, but they gave up ten points. That was it, and you know, people just wanted him blown out of the water. Derek Carr went down with the injury? Yeah, I understand that. And people want to talk about the injuries. Nobody wants to talk about the fact that the Packers came into that game with significant injuries. No Bakhtiari, no Elton Jenkins, no Aaron Jones, no Christian Watson. Devondre Campbell goes down during the game. I mean, you go on and on. A lot of their, as you know, as Matt LaFleur put it, a lot of their big guys were down. So they didn't even have their full complement of guys out there. But uh, a big hit by Rashawn Gary, who got to the quarterback not once, not twice, but three times yesterday and had a hell of a game. Kenny Clark had a big sack early on. So, you know, Engelbari had some good pressure from the outside. I thought up front it wasn't bad. It wasn't great. It wasn't a great run-tackling performance. But you got a sense, a little bit better sense, as to what it is they were doing on running downs. They did have three down linemen. I was watching a lot of that. Um, and a beach bum says, well, his defense gave up the yardage needed for a game winning field goal. No, they didn't. It was a 40 plus yard field goal. Those are not gimmies. The percentages go down beyond 40. So they held him out, kept him beyond 40. They missed a field goal, admittingly, but it wasn't a 20 yard chip shot. So no, they didn't. They won the game. It's Is it a lucky win? So if it's a lucky win, then don't give Jordan Love any credit. I, I mean, what do you want me to do? You can't have it both ways. You know? You can't. They held steadfast early on. Look, was it perfect? No. I'm not sitting here defending Joe Barry, but some of the people that are screaming that this defense was the worst thing yesterday ever, it's like, no. The off. Bill, are you there? Did we lose you, Bill? <laughs> Does it take too hot? I think we lost Bill. I'm going to shoot him a message. Packers win yesterday. Bill, I think we lost you. He's going to come back and he's still going to be ranting. He's still going to be talking. We'll try to get Bill back here. Sorry about that. I'm back. Oh, there you go. Whew. I'm back. I have no idea what happened. You scared me. It was funny because just yesterday, I was telling uh, I was telling Randy Hawk, our uh, big massive uh, director of all that is good regarding broadcast. I said, "Hey, you know what? Um, what I'm using for the home office uh, for the home studio is starting to get old and fail, and that piece of equipment just for whatever reason just shut down. It shut down and turned right back on. <laughs> so." It's sending me warning signals to say, dude, you need to get a, a new piece of equipment in here. So we'll have to do that. 
But uh, what I was saying was is that it wasn't the defense wasn't perfect, but the offense was putrid. The offense played terribly for three quarters. It just did. So, anyway, uh, Grant Bills, as obviously you heard the voice. Uh, so, give me your thoughts on the weekend. Uh, I I thought that game was over at halftime. I gave up on it. I almost I almost muted mm-hmm. the Packer game and turned the sound on the Vikings and the Chargers because that game was a lot more interesting. I can't believe they won that game yesterday still. I, I'm uh, obviously a little bit uh, surprised that they won the game. Uh, I think somebody had tweeted out uh, during the th- uh, fourth quarter with 11 minutes to go that the prob- the win probability for the New Orleans Saints was 97%. And the Packers defied all the odds and came back and won that game. So I give the Packers and the offense and coaching credit um, because what Matt LaFleur recognized was things were stale, they were bad, and what really sparked that team was going to the no huddle and showing the sense of urgency as if to say, look, we can still win this. Don't give up. And that's what inspired everybody, and all of a sudden you saw the energy level. Because when they had that 77-yard uh, punt return for a touchdown, that was, that was the balloon busting inside Lambeau Field. I mean, that place went silent. It just was like, poof. and I think even during the broadcast, I was listening. Uh, John Kuhn had said on the air that even the sidelines was deflated, and there was no energy. It, it just it just zapped him, and that was it. So Matt Lafleur recognized that and needed to do something to get his offense started, and lo and behold, they did. They went to the no huddle, and then the rest is history, obviously. But yeah, it was. Uh, and you know, because people say, well, no, they gave up seventeen. No, they didn't. The special teams gave up seven. Defensively speaking, they only gave up 10 points. Even if they would give, have given up 17, the bottom line is your offense stunk. Think about that. If you give up less than 20 points a game, you're considered a top 10 defense. Even if they gave up a touchdown to, to allow the game to slip away, still defensively they played well enough to win that ball game. That's why we, we, we should not be looking at the defense today. We should be looking at the completely inept offense that was. It didn't get going until the fourth quarter. And – the one thing about winning, had they lost that game, we'd be sitting here today talking about all the false start, start penalties, that this team had seven penalties in the first half of that ball game. Seven. Mo- the majority of them, you know, they, they were unforced errors. The, just their own ineptitude. And the dropped passes, the poor passes, the, the, the runs that weren't. I mean, the offense wasn't doing anything. Anything. It was an uphill battle the entire way for the offense. You know, just as they start to get moving, a false start penalty. And why? Because New Orleans has a hell of a pass rush. They got a fast pass rush. And therefore, some of your offensive players, specifically the left side of your offensive line, was jumping. They were, they were in a quick snap hurry because they were trying to get on their heels and trying to get leverage because of that fast pass rush. So you credit the New Orleans Saints, for some of those false start penalties because they're trying to get set so fast because of the fast pass rush. And it was bad. It was a bad performance. It looked bad. There was time. I mean, we're sitting up top watching this game, and the All-22 will come out tomorrow, and you'll see it. But there was a couple of times where guys were wide open across the middle. Jordan Love didn't even look at him. Missed him. He went for the contested underthrow. The downfield passing game until the end of the game really didn't it again was lackluster. He was less than fifty percent in completion percentage. I mean, there's a lot of stuff to latch onto to go. This this is not good, but the win 
will be the ultimate deodorant over everything. The thing that the win gave you was belief in your quarterback that there's moxie. And and that goes a long way. That goes a long, long, long way. Uh, 877-867-1670. You want to hit us up? You can find us over on Twitter at Bill underscore Michaels, at Bill underscore Michaels. It was uh, great to see so many people yesterday that listen on the app and watch on YouTube. Uh, we had a gentleman that came in from Texas. Uh, we had a girl that she said uh, apparently the show is on like every room of her house. Her name was Jennifer something, uh, uh, Siebel, I think. Uh, she, she wanted to take a picture and make her husband jealous. Uh, they came by. Uh, we had another guy named Mark uh, who listens to us down in Georgia, down in Atlanta, Georgia. Mark and his family he brought his sons over. There was another guy named, uh, God, I think his name was Chris, but he was from the Northwoods. And he was talking to me about Tomahawk, and he listens every day. And it was just so, so many people came by over at Burkle's yesterday. We had a great time. Uh, it was a good a good initial start yesterday for our new home for the uh, Green and Gold postgame show uh, during home games. So, uh, anyway. Uh, it was it, it was there was a lot of good to take out of yesterday when it comes to moxie and not quitting and and energy and, and exuberance and stuff. There's also enough bad out of that yesterday to say, wait a minute, don't get out over your skis because, you, you know, you, yes, you knocked their quarterback out. And in addition to that, uh, your offense didn't play worth a damn and you got a lot to work on. So that's kind of where I'm at today. Uh, I was I was pretty fired up from the win yesterday, and a lot of fans coming into Burkles and Go Pack Go chants, and people hoisting beverages, and yeah, it was a good good atmosphere. But it 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 doesn't erase the first three quarters and two minutes of ineptitude that that offense portrayed yesterday. You know, uh, Rick says, uh, you know, if Carr doesn't get hurt, the Saints win easily. I don't know about easily because at that point in time, it wasn't easy. Rick, it wasn't easy. Wasn't like Carr had put up twenty-seven points and was on his way to a thirty-five point game. Just remember that. The special team scored seven. And they had a total of seventeen points. Right? <laughs> so not easily. So you're a little delusional. Eight seven seven, eight six seven, sixteen seventy. So for the first three quarters, Grant, you felt like this game was not even going to be a game in which it, I had actually tweeted out at one point in time. That this was embarrassing. That's how bad it was. Yeah. That's why this whole thing of the win can't just mask everything that was bad in the first three quarters in a couple of minutes. Well, I I think, and this is going to sound like I'm I'm shilling for the Packers. I'm not. They moved the ball in the first and second quarter. They had more yards than the Saints. They possessed the ball longer than the Saints. They just had so many penalties and so many drops. They they couldn't score. They couldn't do anything with the ball. So it was watching an offense. It's like, you guys got it. You're close. But then they would they would get in their own way. And then in the fourth quarter, I think mostly the fourth quarter was about Jaden Reed and Romeo Dobbs stepping up to make plays. I think that's mm-hmm. what, what turned it around. But in the big picture, Bill, I think it's important to remember, the Packers probably should have won last week. They probably shouldn't have won yesterday. I, I think right. over the course of a season, that stuff balances out. I think this is a 2 and one football team. You can flip the Falcons in the Saints game. It doesn't really matter to me. I think they belong as a 2 and one football team. I think the record makes sense. Right. I would agree with that. Last week, they should have won that game. Yesterday, they shouldn't have won that game. Uh, and now you think about what could have been had you actually capitalized and not had so many errors in the game against them. That, that's the scary thing. When we went into this game on Friday, 
I had said one of the things that I wanted to see was fundamentally sound football. And I wanted to see a better game. And I wanted to see a clean game. You know, if you lose, you lose. But I wanted to see a clean game. That mm-hmm. was far from it. Now you got another game just like Atlanta where you had mistakes via coaching. You had mistakes uh, on the field. You had unforced errors on the field. You just had, you know, and, and again, missed tackles. And, you know, there was a couple of times yesterday Valentine got lit up. I mean, lit up. And it turns out he had a bicep injury. Okay, but. He, he looked like he didn't want to tackle. He got absolutely dump-trucked. I'm waiting for tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow on uh, the uh, the four-letter network on the, the morning show, the Get Up Show, they bring in um, the uh, – God, uh, what's his name? He's former coach from Indianapolis and played center for the Packers here. Oh, oh God, former coach, Jeff Saturday. Jeff Saturday. They bring in Jeff Saturday. <laughs> That's right. He, he was the, the big, coach. The big pancake segment. And I am waiting for Valentine to be in the pancake segment because what happened to him with Jimmy Graham yesterday? Jimmy Graham planted him into the bench of the Packers. I mean, just stuffed his ass into the ground. And that should be a highlight reel. Because uh, that was the epitome of, I'm going to lock you up and I'm going to drive you into the ground and you can do nothing about it. And, and Valentine at times looked yesterday timid and scared. And this is the second time I've seen a defensive back running away from the tackle. And that there has something about that has to be done, and I somebody's got to ask Matt Lafleur. Hey, coach, are you teaching guys to run away from you know your defensive backs not to stick their nose in and not to hit? I, I just you know I it's unfathomable to me that guys that play defense don't want to hit, and if if that's the case, then you can put as much talent as you want on the field. You are nothing more than a soft defense, and you're going to get your ass dump trucked all season long. So that that was a little bothersome to me. Uh, Josh says, do you agree with the two-point try versus kicking? And I know it worked out, but it was ballsy. I just did. It was ballsy. Um, you know, on one hand, you can say, what a great maneuver. On the other hand, you can say they went for it because they did not want to take that game to overtime with the defense. It can, to me, it shows a lack of belief in the defense. So on one hand, a lot of people that were screaming about Joe Barry's defense, maybe you're right because Matt LaFleur didn't seem to believe in it. He wanted to end that game. You do that at home. You know, you do that. You can do that at home. I don't think you do it on the road. But, yeah, it was a ballsy call. It really was. Uh, 877-867-1670. Let's do this. We're going to step out. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Cunis, K-U-N-E-S, CunisRV.com. That is CunisRV.com. Uh, Wisconsin's fastest-growing RV dealer, and they've been uh, highlighted numerous times now as being one of the best as well. Go to Cunis, K-U-N-E-S, CunisRV.com. That is CunisRV.com. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. What advice would you give somebody that you know that's window shopping? I'd have to say Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin plays at an MVP level in the replacement game. They came in ahead of time, measured all the windows, make sure they had all of the measurements. When the Pella people left, you had no idea they had been here. You just had the new window. They're great professionals, Gina, and some of the best in the world at what they do. Right now, pay as low as $19 a month per window or $75 per month on patio doors. Visit PellaWI.com today. Pella's team of expert installers start with an in-home consultation and finish with no hassle or mess. 
leaving nothing but perfect results that stand the test of time. Right now at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin, pay as low as $19 per window and $75 per month on patio doors. Visit PellaWI.com today. $6.99 APR for 120 months. Certain restrictions apply. See showroom for details, offers end at 9-30-2023. Yesterday, uh, in the press box up at Lambeau Field, uh, they serve a pretty good media spread uh, of food and stuff as you're sitting there. And uh, one of the things that I noticed this year, a new addition, they got a Kemp's cooler. And I'm like, a Kemp's cooler with Kemp's ice cream and ice cream sandwiches. I was thinking to myself, nice, it's one of our sponsors. Getting a little uh, recognition there inside the press box. Kemps.com. Go to K-E-M-P-S. Kemps.com. And uh, click on the word careers at the bottom of the page. And maybe something that you manufacture might end up in Lambeau Field as well. But uh, some interesting stuff. I just kind of caught my eye as I'm walking through the uh, the line. I passed up all the hot dogs and all that stuff. I ate uh, a little bit healthy yesterday and got a got a cup of water and looked over to the left and there it was the Kemp's cooler. I did not eat anything out of the Kemp's cooler, but I did notice it was there it was stuffed, stuffed with ice cream sandwiches for uh, all the media members. So go to Kemp's.com, K-E-M-P-S, Kemp's.com. Click on the word careers at the bottom of the page. And yes, you could be called by the, our friends over at Kemp's who have been around since uh, 1914 and have been in your grocer's freezers for a long, long, long time. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. 1670. Um, the uh, the takeaway from the game was incredible amount of moxie at the end, poor performance and undisciplined play throughout. That's probably it. That that's to me that's that's the 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 story of the game. Was that it turned out well, but a lot of problems, a lot of unforced errors, a lot of pre snap penalties. Just stuff that this needs to, you know, as Mike McCarthy used to say, we got to clean that up. We'll look at the film and we'll clean that up. Um, yeah, that was, uh, that was a lot of bad play yesterday. And I went back and I actually looked and I, I did use the term embarrassing, uh, probably midway through the third quarter. On that fourth down play where <laughs> it was so bad, that fourth down play when the Packers thought, well, let's get a little bit cute. Not only is it fourth down, but let's get a bit, a little bit cute. We'll take Emmanuel Wilson. We'll put him in kind of a jet sweep look, or an, you know, an end around, but more of a jet sweep look. Hand the ball to him. He'll turn around, a backup to the backup, mind you. He'll turn around and then throw it to Jordan Love, who will then catch it and throw it downfield to Romeo Dobbs. The play itself, the design, magnificent. It was wide open. The execution, total horse crap embarrassingly bad that I mean it it was like you don't have confidence in your offensive line to be able to run the football up the gut so you got to create something which is good again there was more than a few times yesterday that the scheme of what Matt LaFleur ran worked the execution of that particular play was atrocious like this team had never practiced it before I mean it was just bad in a lot of levels then again I get it because you're missing Bakhtiari, you're missing Elton Jenkins, you're missing Aaron Jones, you're missing, missing Christian Watson, you know, all of that stuff. 
So, but yesterday they had some really, really bad performances. And then after the fact, they ended up pulling it out. So there's, there's, you take the good with the bad, no doubt. Hey, coming up today in a little bit less than, or a little bit more than an hour from now, Eric Branchek of the Green Bay Press-Gazette will touch base with him about what he saw and what he saw in film yesterday. Mike Clemens coming up at the, uh, the, uh, the, towards the end of the show, the last hour of the program. So we'll get into that. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to hit us up, please feel free. Go ahead and do so. John writes, uh, hey, guys, uh, exactly what you've been saying is it was a terrible game through three and a half quarters. What makes us think that this is going to suddenly change on Thursday night with only a couple of days to correct the problems? It better. Detroit's a good team. Even though they're coming into this particular contest with the exact same record as the Green Bay Packers, Detroit, I would say at this point in time, is a better team, better football team. Um, they may not be able to out-talent you at every position, but they're a talented team, a deep team. And the one thing the, the Packers can run a little bit on is, the I don't know about momentum, but certainly a little bit different belief in themselves after this game, that they can get down and they can still come back and they can still win games. It's not something you want to do on the continuum, obviously. But you've got a belief in yourself now because you got to look yourself in the mirror and go, God, we played terrible. We played terrible football and we still won that game. And let's not forget, here's the other thing, and, and, and this is from Scott, brings up a great point. Scott says, uh, hey, don't forget that Rashawn Gary did his job, and by doing his job, he took the quarterback out of the game, not on purpose, but by happenstance. Can we just at least give him credit for that? That's true. He did his job. He put a hard hit on a quarterback, and that screwed up the, the right non-throwing shoulder of Derek Carr. Derek Carr ended up leaving the game. You don't apologize for that. I don't think at the time anybody went, oh, God, well, this doesn't matter if they win this one. It's, you know, this is going to suck. No, you don't. Nothing like that. You don't do that, Right. So they did their job. That was it. They did their job. That's what they were supposed to do. So you don't apologize for it. You move on. 877-867-1670. Andrew. Andrew. Love the email. He says, uh, what's what's happening with David Bakhtiari is sad. At the end of his career, he is taking time off to make sure that he's prepped and ready for a different game rather than being out there each and every week. We know the knee is problematic. It's something the Packers should have looked at and simply said we're going to give you a medical settlement and moved on. The fact that he's going to miss continual games throughout the season and probably only play half of the actual games that this team participates in should limit his pay to only half, and thus they could have gained, they could have gained a little bit back in salary cap space, If I'm not, he says, if I'm not incorrect. That is from Andrew. Um, I think what the thought is with David Bakhtiari, even though he said it's going to be a week-to-week thing, I think the process is going to be – I think he'll play in more games than he misses. Uh, I think you would rather set him a few games now than set him at the end of the season when you're going to need him if, indeed, this team is good enough to find themselves into the postseason or at least fighting for a postseason spot. And the uh, the other, you know, you don't gain much, if I'm not mistaken. I don't think you – if they cut him loose because of the knee, if there's a medical settlement, I don't think you gain a lot of – I don't know the ins and outs of all of that, but I don't think you gain a lot of money uh, via your salary cap, via a medical settlement, unless he decides that he can no longer play because of the injury. 
So that would be, but if he would do that, then he's in essence saying, I can't play. And yet the Packers would still have him under contract, say, if he decided he wanted to come back after this season. Because if you cut him, then you owe him all the money. It's the same as, you, you can't work around that. You know what I mean? So I really don't think they gain a lot if, in do, if indeed they, if they worked out some kind of a medical sentiment, because he, I think he still wants to play. Uh, uh, Rick, you can't trade them either. I mean, you, you still owe them the money. You owe them what the, you have to pay them when it comes to, uh, um, when it comes to any guaranteed money up front. Now the, you know, the rest of that obviously becomes subjective, but the guaranteed money up front, you know, is what it is. Um, Yes, JJ. It's a, you, if you traded him away, it would hurt your cap position because of the guaranteed money that comes due right now. Because all of that, you know, including next year, as it gets accelerated. Um, Big Spank says, "I don't understand why people are complaining about the defense. It's not like you gave up seventy points, LOL." Which is true. It, that's true. Uh, there's a couple of takeaways throughout the rest of the NFL this weekend. Um, and some interesting things. A uh, couple of things. First and foremost, what happened with the Dolphins and the Broncos? Sean Payton should be absolutely flabbergasted and embarrassed. He went after uh, – look, Nathaniel Hackett is getting criticized now heavily because of his play calling with Zach Wilson. Okay? And Zach Wilson is not a good quarterback. Right? He's not a good quarterback. We all know that. So Nathaniel Hackett is, is getting just crucified in so many different facets because they put all their eggs into one basket for Aaron Rodgers. They brought in Nathaniel Hackett for Aaron Rodgers. All of that, and then Rodgers goes down. 75 seconds, it's all gone. All those eggs are gone, and they don't have really a backup. They don't have another plan. Okay, I understand all of that. But for that coach to be criticized is one thing. For Sean Payton to have done it, and blamed everything of that Broncos failure on Nathaniel Hackett last year in such a public manner, karma bit him in the ass big time. Huge. 70-20. to 20. And then when you open yourself up by criticizing others and during a press conference you want to suddenly pull the Drew Rosenhaus, next question, you're an ass. If I could be stronger, I would. You're an ass. You brought it on yourself. You Instead of focusing on your team and, and trying to talk about the problems that they have and, and making your quarterback better and getting your defense better, you wanted to blame everything and attack another guy. And what you did was you opened yourself up for criticism and now you can't handle it. That is, it's, it was such a, a completely poor, gutless coaching performance in so many different facets yesterday I was taking so much pleasure in watching the Broncos just go down in epic failure fashion so that was that was awful uh the fact that Kirk Cousins yet again about ready to plunge it into the end zone throws a pick and ends up losing the game 28-24 it was a good hard-fought game but again big moment and gets one bounced off the fingertips of his receiver and it falls into the hands of a charger and next thing you know 28-24 the Vikings sitting at 0-3 and that has become a dismal failure. The Cardinals. The Cardinals looked at many different ways. With Hobbs as their quarterback. And we're not talking about Roy Hobbs, the guy in the natural. We're talking about Hobbs. 
Guy nobody even heard of. As their quarterback, and they looked around and they said, okay, what are we going to do? The Cardinals are sitting at zero wins on the season. The Cowboys, who traditionally don't play well there, are riding high. Their defense and such, just ready to smack you in the mouth. Yes, they had an issue with an injury, but it doesn't matter. Come on, you got Michael Parsons, right? For whatever reason, when you run it up the gut and you run it at him, they can't tackle. So, and then Dak Prescott, with his comments after the game, well, you, we, we were set up to fail by the media. What? You take pleasure in this. We, don't, I don't, we really don't give a damn other than the fact that you make it easy to hate on you because of your comments. Instead of looking in the mirror and going, oh, by the way, I threw another, I threw another ball into triple coverage and it got picked off in the red zone. I'm a horse's ass. Instead of saying that, you want to blame it on the media? That's another cowardly act. That, I took a lot of pleasure in watching the Cowboys go down again. Uh, the Bears got beat by Taylor Swift, which was somewhat embarrassing. The Bears are, I mean, that's a dumpster fire. The Bears had a chance as a group of guys in a locker room to say, look, a lot has gone on. we got to galvanize, man. we got to rally around each other. we got to be able to pull ourselves out of the gutter. We've got to make, make it better for our quarterback. we got to play, do our job, play our game, and be damned with what everybody's saying about us. Let's just go put up a, a good front. Even if we don't win the game, let's just go, let's go get something that we can kind of build upon. And instead, none of them wanted to be there yesterday. They collapsed. They folded so easily. So we, that game was over from the opening kick. And once Taylor Swift got all the – by the way, she brought an entourage with her. Who in the hell are the people pounding on the windows? Mrs. Kelsey looked kind of like she was starstruck for a couple of minutes, and then after that she looked annoyed because Taylor Swift's Groupon, whatever she brought with her, I guess, started pounding on windows and screaming and yelling like out of control. It's like, come on, you're in a booth, man. Nobody can hear you. So that was embarrassing. Uh, but the Kansas City Chiefs beat the hell out of the Bears, 41-10. to 10. The Bears are 0-3, and they may not win a game all season long. They really – I don't think they'll win a game all season long. Last year, hard, or last night, hard-fought game by the Steelers. Uh, they showed some moxie. They went in and knocked off the Raiders. A couple of good catches by uh, Devontae Adams, but for the most part, it was all Steelers. Steelers 23-18. They got the win last night. How about the Patriots? I mentioned the New York Jets. Patriots showing a little bit of moxie. They still, the Jets still have not been able to beat on a consistent the New England Patriots. 15-10 to 10 in an absolute uh, yawner. The Patriots come out on top and get their first one of the season. The Jets, since that opener, when Aaron Rodgers played the uh, 75 seconds, have not won a game since and looked bad doing it. And it, it's just one. Uh, then you've got the Colts who came back in overtime to beat the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens, who should be rolling at this point, Face the lowly Colts, and uh, the Ravens fall. Like, the, the Ravens just thought they could roll the helmets out and get themselves a win, and that never happened. And uh, the Ravens got bit at home, by the way, via the Indianapolis Colts. So just a, a really bizarre. And then you had even the Houston Texans, C.J. Stroud and company. They went into Jackson, Jacksonville at home. Got embarrassed by the Houston Texans. And Jacksonville, who was just a Cinderella darling last year, and should be much, much better. They have now uh, fallen to one and two on the season after getting dump trucked by the Houston Texans, 37-17. So that's the way things went down uh, throughout the NFL yesterday. Let's do this. We'll step out. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back, and we'll pick up where we left off. Stay tuned. Stick around. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there at Robert Special Meets Waukesha. Tonight's that kind of a night. Some Monday Night Football, a doubleheader coming up. Uh, I got some people coming to the house next week, so I think it's just going to be sitting around the house and cleaning up and and probably grilling a little bit. 
And that's about it. Just taking it easy tonight. And I so have an Al Capone roast in my future. That's for sure. Robert's Specialty Meats, your hometown butcher. Go to robertsspecialtymeatswaukesha.com. robertsspecialtymeatswaukesha.com. Ready! This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Say thanks to our friends at Potawatomi Hotel Casino. Good stuff. Uh, whether it's uh, going there for an overnight stay at the hotel side of things, uh, now they've got all kinds of different dining uh, opportunities. Whether it's going to the Rock and Brews, uh, you've got the Dream Dance Steakhouse, you've got the Asian cuisine, if you will. You've got the 360 bar for some cocktails. Then there's all the gaming. Uh, plenty to do uh, at Potawatomi Hotel Casino as they continue to expand. The sports book uh, will be up and running. Uh, be just about by March Madness, but the temporary sports books in place, and uh, so many things going on over at Potawatomi Hotel Casino, Milwaukee. Make sure you check it out. Go to PaysBig.com. That's PaysBig.com. Uh, welcome back to the program. Good to have you on board. Let's get back to the phone calls. Uh, let's go to Aaron listening to us in. Uh, where is Aaron at? I don't even know where Aaron's at. Let's go. Let's just go to Aaron. Aaron's on hold. Aaron, how you doing? Aaron in Appleton, by the way. Aaron, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing good today. What are you thinking? So, um, the Packers are two and one. Uh, we haven't played a, uh, complete game against a team that can beat somebody other than a college team. Cause I don't think the bears count. Um, and I just, I thought it was really a gutsy win yesterday and like so special that all we heard last week leading up to this game was about how, you know, the Packers, they, they completely collapsed in the fourth quarter against the Falcons. And um, here the uh, Packers, it took them three quarters to pick up the collapse from the Falcons fourth quarter. And they actually put together a fourth quarter that I wish we would have put together against the Falcons. Uh, Which I would agree with. Uh, I just, like you said, they haven't played a complete game. And as a matter of fact, they're far from it. They haven't played a complete right. game, and they've had a lot of mistake-filled uh, football. If they ever figure that out, which is, again, what we're talking about coming up on Thursday night, one of the keys of the game is going to be, can you play mistake-free football? And I'm not talking about just a couple of false starts. I'm like, I, I mean, they shot themselves numerous times in the foot when it came to their offense and putting themselves behind the eight ball, so to speak. So I, I agree with you. The fact that they're 2-1 and one and, is play, and have played kind of poorly – uh, at times, uh, I guess on one hand, it's a little remarkable, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I totally agree. Um, you know, I, I don't really get the the whole fire uh, Joe Barry sentiment um, that's been going around the, the Packer fan base. Defense held the um, Saints offense to 10 points and uh, none in the second half. And took out the quarterback. I mean, obviously, you know, like you said earlier in the program, it's not that we're celebrating the injury to Derek Carr, but, you know, they did their job and injuries happen. Um, right. So, you know, I, I think that if 
there was a phase in this game that probably didn't do as well as we thought it would be. It would be special teams. I mean, I, I remember talking about the uncertainty that we had with a rookie kicker and a rookie punter, uh, and our rookie kicker hasn't missed a field goal yet. Um, so, I mean, I think right. if we get healthy and, and our offense figures things out, look out. I mean, Jordan Love is, is all the everything that he was hyped up to be. So, Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. I appreciate the phone call. I when you when you talk about Jordan Love being everything he was hyped up to be, I don't know about hyped up, but he has been poised. He has been at times energetic. He's been at times athletic, but the completion percentage, for the most part, is still not there. Now there was a couple of drops. I get it. But there was also some big misses and some guys that he just flat out overlooked. It is a learning process. The downfield passing game is kind of non-existent at this point. They did what did, did get one over the top. I think it was a Romeo Dobbs. Um, but there is still a lot of room, a lot of room left for improvement. Whether that happens or not, we'll wait and see. You know, I get the question again yesterday. Do you believe in love? Well, not yet. Uh, you know, that was, that was an incredible comeback. Showed a ton of moxie. And the fact that he got into the end zone on the run and he pumped the fist and flexed up and pointed at the fans as if to say, you know, you know, this is for you, this is our house, whatever, you know, whatever kind of stuff that he was thinking at that particular moment. But I, it's, it's great. It's impressive. But there's still a lot left to be desired. 877-867-1670. We'll get back to the phone calls when we come back. Stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. We got Casper also in Appleton when we come back. Got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up, talking about this Packers win from yesterday. Packers get a come-from-behind win, an improbable win, and they do it at the hands of the uh, New Orleans Saints. Stay tuned. We got more right after this. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. What advice would you give somebody that you know that's window shopping? I'd have to say Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin plays at an MVP level in the replacement game. They came in ahead of time, measured all the windows, make sure they had all of the measurements. When the Pella people left, you had no idea they had been here. You just had the new window. They're great professionals, Gina, and some of the best in the world at what they do. Right now, pay as low as $19 a month per window or $75 per month on patio doors. Visit PellaWI.com today. Pella's team of expert installers start with an in-home consultation and finish with no hassle or mess, leaving nothing but perfect results that stand the test of time. Right now at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin, pay as low as $19 per window and $75 per month on patio doors. Visit PellaWI.com today. $6.99 APR for 120 months. Certain restrictions apply. See showroom for details. Offers end at 9-30-2023. Good to have you back. The Bill Michaels Show. We continue on. Coming up after the top of the hour, uh, speaking of the defense, going to want to hear Kenny Clark after the game yesterday, if you didn't hear it already. We're going to hear from Kenny Clark, so that's going to be coming up here in just a few. 
Stay tuned for that. Um, since there is so much focus and so much angst towards the defense, you can hear what Kenny has to say coming up here in about uh, eight minutes. So stay tuned for that. Let's go to Casper listening to us in Appleton. Casper, welcome to the program, The Bill Michael Show. What's going on, man? Good. I'm good. Thank you for asking. Hey, I'll be I'll be quick because I know you got to get to a commercial. But I got I'm kind of like a new new Packer fan, new football fan, mm-hmm. and I have a lot of questions. My first question and is what's up with the media? I mean, they don't ask um, Lafleur any tough questions in these interviews, and then. My second question is, people complain about the defense. It's the offense. Four, four quarters of no points and crappy play. Mm-hmm. Why doesn't the media ask him tough questions like that? So those are the two questions. And the third one is, I'm very intrigued by kickoff and where they're trying to drop, pick it real high and drop it on the one or two yard line to get better um, Stop them, like at the 16 right. yesterday and so. Right. I no, I, I, have... I, I, okay, I'll, I'll kind of address it real quick. A couple of things. Uh, when you talk about asking Matt LaFleur tough questions, um, when they did try to ask questions in relative fashion, when it came to some of the question marks we had about David Bakhtiari, the coach got flustered, seemed to get upset. So you try not to upset the coach, but also I think there's certain things that have to be asked. And I, I hope that today's presser that we'll probably hear tomorrow uh, does ask after you have a chance to go back and analyze this and say, hey, coach, look, tremendous win. But, you know, what are you doing to correct the mistakes? There have been coaching mistakes. There has been on-the-field mistakes. And it's not like some of them are just – there and they're no big deal you know these are becoming habitual the false start penalties the all of the pre-snap stuff that is putting either your offense or your ability to put points on the board behind the eight ball okay i think it's all legit right i think it's all those are all legit questions and then you just wait for the answer now as far as going on and on and on about it you're not going to do it just to harass the guy to let him know that you have anger as a fan, that this is unacceptable. I think he knows what is and isn't acceptable and the mistakes that they have, uh, especially if family members listen to shows like this because we'll point out both the great and the bad. So we, I don't mind doing it. When you talk about the kickoffs, um, the kickoffs, it's, I guess, depending on the return person, philosophical, so to speak. I mean, do you believe in just booting it out of the end zone and not putting any of your guys in harm's way? Uh, and just giving a team the ability to start at the 25, or do you kick it high, kick it deep, hope they try to return it a couple of yards into the end zone, trying to bring it out and pin them behind the eight ball inside the 20? Um, again, it just depends on the return man, philosophy, I guess. So I that would be something that you know would probably be better suited for either Matt LaFleur or Rich Bisaccia. Uh Going back to the defense yesterday, when you say people complaining about the defense, Again, I agree with you. The defense yesterday held the Saints to 28.6% conversion percentage on third down. That's getting off the field, man. That's getting off the field. If the defense gives up yardage or misses a tackle or gives up a first down, 
the automatic inclination at this point is to go, well, there's a Joe Barry defense. I mean, people are so skewed to hate Joe Barry and to look for the negative that that's where we're at. Because it, you, you, people hated Dom Capers. They wanted to change. They made changes. They've made changes. Nothing changes. The one thing that is always going to remain constant is whoever you get for the defensive coordinator sucks. <laughs> That's just the way it is. But Joe Barry came into this situation with a reputation for not having good defenses, for not being able to, you know, a guy like Vic Fangio is is right now living the glory down in Miami. Um, so he's he's fixed that defense, but they also have a ton of talent. They went out and spent some money on some talent, including bringing in Ramsey, who's not played yet, but when he's get at, he gets added to that thing, it'll get even better. There, There's the claim that there's a ton of talent on this defense. I just don't know. I, I think it's philosophy, but we'll wait and see. But you can't argue with giving up 10 points and 28.6% on third down conversions yesterday. You just can't, especially when a week before you gave up 211 yards total rushing. 211 yards rushing last week to B. John Robinson, and yesterday you gave up a total of 252 yards. So there's not much to argue with there, other than the fact that, you know, everybody was waiting for the defense to lose the game, and they damn near did, and then everybody says, well, they got lucky. Maybe they did, maybe they didn't. But I've always said there's three or four things you have to have to be a good team. One is you got to be good. Two, what? Lucky, healthy, and hot. So maybe they got a little bit of luck yesterday. Kenny Clark, when we come back, you're going to want to hear some of the things, defensively speaking, that he has to say when we return. we got an hour down. we got three yet to go. Coming up at the bottom of the next hour, Eric Baranchik of the Green Bay Press-Gazette going to break down the film from yesterday. Mike Clemens with us in the final hour of the program. A lot more to get to. It's a green and gold Monday. More coming up right after this.